Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. This is the last show before Grand Con and Dragon Con this weekend, coming up Labor Day weekend, Grand Con, September 2nd through 4th, Friday through Sunday, Dragon Con, five days of gaming, Thursday, September 1st through Monday, September 5th. I have no additional updates. I'll just reiterate Dragon Con, Thursday night, no event, but wrestling show Thursday night. Last year's Super Show was able to get a table at the wrestling event. Maybe they will this year too. Friday night, I believe it's the Cosmic Clash sealed event. Saturday night, payoff pack draft event. Sunday night, the singles world championship tournament. That's Dragon Con, Grand Con. Friday night, tag team tournament. Saturday night, singles tournament. There are supposed to be new releases coming out. They should be at Dragon Con. I do not know if they will be at Grand Con. I was going to try to make it to Grand Con. Unfortunately, it looks like that will not be the case. But I will do my best to cover both events, both conventions, Labor Day weekend, as best I can. It's going to be difficult because I will not be on site for either convention, but I will do my best on next week's show. I may not be able to get you all the information on the show because the show comes out Sunday and Sunday night will be, like I said earlier, the Dragon Con Big Singles Tournament. I might do a supplemental on Monday. I might save it until the following week's show. I don't know. It just depends. I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. I will try to report what I can as soon as I can. That sums up Grand Con and Dragon Con. For the next two weeks after those conventions, the first weekend, September 10th, BCW will be presenting Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3 at Pixel Palace Games in, I believe it's Powell, Ohio, essentially the northwest Columbus metropolitan area. That part of town is where it's going to be taking place. The best information I have for you right now is that doors open at noon. The tournament will start at 1. That could change, so be on the lookout for information to be updated there. This is going to be a create a competitor tournament. The winner of the tournament will be able to create a competitor in Super Show the Game. I believe tickets going from memory are between $30 and $35. They are on sale through Eventbrite. So go to Eventbrite, search Pixel Palace Pandemonium 3. It should come up. In addition to the main tournament, there are going to be two featured matches. The first I talked about last week, the LFF World Heavyweight Championship. Bob Dunn, the champion, will be defending against Matt Nealon. 
Matt Nealon getting the shot after winning the Gen Con World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. We now also have a Trios Championship match confirmed. When I reported on this last week, the information I had was that Chris Pagillo, the general manager of the Trios division, would be on hand at Pixel Palace for the tournament, and he would pick a challenger for Kirk Polkadier. He's actually picked a challenger beforehand. That challenger is going to be Keith Overby, the frequent flyer. The frequent flyer using the new version of the Three Kings will take on Kirk Polka using the My Girls Trio. That match has been set. The winner of that match will face Brian Waitfort Schmidt. Brian Waitfort Schmidt will be the next man up for the Trios Championship, regardless of the outcome of this match at Pixel Palace Games September 10th. The week after that, September 17th, FreeCon 3, Game King, Fall River, Massachusetts. This is another created competitor tournament. I don't know about any featured matches at this tournament, but that will be happening. Speaking of featured matches, two that I need to talk about next week after Talk of the Universe. So that is next Wednesday, August 31st. The Tornado Tag Team Championship will be on the line. The current LFF Tornado Tag Team Champion, Alec Ventresca, playing as El Super Sons, will take on challenger Jeremy Steigerwald, practice site, playing as Sheep Fighters. From what I understand, that is currently scheduled to take place after Talk of the Universe, so around 10 p.m. Wednesday night, although that could be rescheduled to before Talk of the Universe. I would actually expect it to be scheduled before. We will see. Either way, the LFF Tornado Tag Team Championship will be on the line next Wednesday night. Those are the upcoming featured championship matches that I'm aware of taking place over the next couple of weeks. We did have a featured match take place earlier prior to me recording the show. The LFF Junior Heavyweight Championship was on the line. It feels like it's been a while since there's been a match for this belt, but the champion, Hank the Tank, playing as numero uno, took on the challenger, Vinny Treving, playing as the Rising Sun. My impression from watching the match was that it was a very even match. At crowd meter one, the champion hits his finish, rolls an 11, and that is the match. Hank the Tank retains. He is still the LFF Junior Heavyweight Champion. Congratulations to him. There are going to be a few other LFF championships on the line tonight on Sunday Night Fights. I will record those at the end of the show because I do not have that information at the time I'm recording. I will add that to the show before the show goes out. The next bit of news I'm going to cover is Faction Wars 3. Faction Wars 3 has finally come to an end. We'd been in the finals match for it feels like a couple months now. The final two factions in Faction Wars 3 were Impact, the winner of the first ever 
Faction Wars, and the higher class, the winner of Faction Wars 2. So no matter what happened, we were going to have the first two-time Faction Wars winner. From what I understand, there were 16 points able to be scored in this finals matchup. The first team to score nine points would win. If there was a tie eight to eight, there would be a tiebreaker. It turns out that a tiebreaker is not necessary. The first faction to hit nine points in Faction Wars 3 and become the winner of Faction Wars 3 is the higher class. The higher class goes back to back, wins the second straight Faction Wars in a row. They are the new Faction Wars and still Faction Wars, back to back Faction Wars champion faction. Congratulations to the higher class. From what I understand, from what I saw reported, each member of the winning faction will be given a shot at an LFF championship. It's going to be up to the captain to submit who is getting a shot at what championship to the general manager's office. I'm sure the higher class will discuss amongst themselves who is getting what championship, and then the team captain will submit the finalized list. With Faction Wars 3 being over, the preparations for Faction Wars 4 are starting. There is going to be a captain's meeting tomorrow night as I record this, August 29th. A Zoom room for all of the captains that have currently signed up for Faction Wars 4. I don't know what's going to be discussed in that meeting. I will give you what information I can on next week's episode of the podcast. I can tell you that the date for the draft of Faction Wars 4 has been scheduled. It will be Sunday night, September 25th. There will be a draft pre-show starting at 7.30. Then the draft will officially launch at 8 p.m. That is all I have on Faction Wars. CCC News. We are still in round three of the 2021 CCC. The first match took place last week. It concluded last Saturday, a week ago Saturday. I did not have an official result. I believe that it looked like the team of JAC and Time Bomb Tim defeated the team of Harvey Luster and Johnny Korea. That result was confirmed on the last episode of Talk of the Universe. JAC and Time Bomb Tim have moved on to the semifinal round. Now, this week, Wednesday night, we were supposed to have Vicious Vic Vandal and Lauren Santiago take on the Master Strategist and Private Cuddles in the second and final match of round three. Unfortunately, because of a little bit of a miscommunication and misunderstanding, that match has been delayed to next week. So presumably next week, we will have the final match of round three and hopefully be able to start round four early in September, the first Wednesday in September. I don't know 
if that's what's going to happen. I'm hoping it will. This has been delayed quite a while. The whole process was supposed to be done with the winner announced at Gen Con. We are still not through with round three. There are still two rounds remaining. And round three, it looks like right now, based on the schedule, will not complete until Labor Day weekend. Hopefully there is not another delay. I understand why the delays happened, but there's just been delay on top of delay stacked on each other. I'm hoping that some lessons can be taken from this for next year to tighten this up so it does not get so delayed that we push so far past the deadline because we are actually approaching the deadline for submissions to the 2022 CCC. If they keep the same deadline that they've kept the past couple of years, character submissions, competitor submissions need to be made by midnight October 31st. So round three will finish with just under two months between the end of round three and effectively the launch of the 2022 CCC. So hopefully we can get rounds four and round five, the final round, wrapped up as soon as possible. Let me bring this up too while I'm thinking about it. I talked about the controversy last week with the questions about how points are scored in the tag team round. Pat Mulligan did an explanation on the last episode of Talk of the Universe about how the points are scored in the tag team round. And while at this point I think it's too late to change that process, I would actually recommend using a different scorekeeping method going forward into the years beyond. Here's why. I will lay out how he described the points being scored. I'll use the kind of example he used. So suppose Pat Mulligan and I are a team. I started tag chain. I tag one of the hosts of Talking Universe, Brian Schmidt. Brian Schmidt tags fellow host Chibi. That tag scores two points. Chibi tags fellow host Jeremy Steigerwald. That tag earns two points. Jeremy Steigerwald tags Steve Resk. That earns two points. Steve Rask doesn't tag anybody, so I tag Pat Mulligan. That tag earns a point, and then Pat Mulligan will start a new tag chain. Now, based on what Pat Mulligan said, for a tag chain to score points, it must have at least one legal tag happen in it. So, if, again, using the example we had beforehand, if I start off tagging Brian Wakeford Schmidt, he must tag somebody for that tag chain to score points. If he doesn't, and then I just tag Pat Mulligan, that's worth zero points. But once you have a legal tag in a tag chain, when you end the tag chain, you earn a bonus point. Where I think this can run into a problem is this. Based on that first example I gave you, with Brian Schmidt tagging Chibi to earn two points, Chibi tagging Jeremy Steigerwald to earn two points, 
Jeremy Steigerwald tagging Steve Resk to earn two points. And then I tagged Pat Mulligan to get a bonus point at the end of the chain. That was a seven-point chain. But suppose I do this. Suppose I tag Brian Waitford-Schmidt. And Brian Waitford-Schmidt tagged Steve Resk. Brian Waitford-Schmidt scores two points for tagging Steve Resk. And then I tag Pat Mulligan. That scores an extra point because ending the chain, as long as there's one legal tag in the chain, scores a point. So Pat Mulligan starts a new chain. He tags Chibi. Chibi tags Steve Resk. Pat Mulligan tags me. That's another three-point chain. Then I tag Jeremy Steigerwald. Jeremy Steigerwald tags Steve Resk. I tag Pat Mulligan. That's another three-point chain. So, all the same people involved in both tag chains, the first tag chain with three legal tags and then one bonus point tag at the end is worth seven points. Three small tag chains with only one legal tag getting the bonus point at the end, that's worth nine points. Under the scoring system that Pat Mulligan described, the ideal strategy would be to tag one person, have them make one legal tag, and then end the chain. That will always score more points. Now, I don't know how Pat Mulligan would react if people started doing this, because to me, this is clearly counter to what they want. My understanding, based on what I've seen in the past, is they want people to create long tag chains. But based on the scoring method they described, creating literally the shortest possible tag chains will actually earn you the most points. The shortest legal tag chains will score higher than longer legal tag chains because you'll be adding on more of those bonus points more often. That additional single point will be tacked on more often. I'm not going to recommend people do this strategy because I don't know how Pat Mulligan would react to this strategy. But based on what he described, shorter tag chains earn more points. That's all I have for CCC News. The last thing I think I'll talk about before I talk about the tournaments from this past week and Sunday Night Fights is going to be the Halloween-themed deck at Christmas. So, last year, SRG Universe sold spots in a 1-27 through 27 alternate art deck where all of the art in the deck had to be Halloween-themed. They're doing something similar this year. The difference is that this will not be a 1 through 27 deck. It's going to be a promo pack. So, people can repeat numbers in the deck. You can have, say, five cards number 15. You're not limited to only one card at number 1, only one card at number 2, only one card at number 25. You can do whatever card you want. The only restriction is no Ikuzo cards. Any card, number 1 through 30, in Super Show the Game is legal. And it does not matter how new the card is either. As long as the card has released prior to the deadline 
for submissions, you can make an alternate art version of it. You have, based on what they announced, two weeks to get this in. That was two weeks from last Wednesday, which would be the 24th. Two weeks from the 24th is September 7th. So assume you have until September 7th to submit your request for an alternate art card using Halloween-themed art. It's $85 to make a card. And again, once you make the card, you know, submit your created content form to SRG Universe. It's on supershowthegame.com. Find the created content form, fill it out, send it in once you've made a purchase as soon as possible because the deadline is September 7th to try to get the deck completed for Christmas time. You will also be able to, if you want, request that these are full art cards. So instead of being just the little box, you can have a full art card out of this Halloween at Christmas themed deck. I don't know if that's going to happen, but you can, when you place your order, add a special request that you want the art on your requested card to be full art, to take up the entire card. That is going to do it for the news from this past week. Let's talk about the tournaments from this past week. I will start Monday night with Monday night consigliere fights. This was another group stage to a top cut tournament. There were 16 players in this tournament, four groups, four players per group, top two from each group advanced to the top cut. In the quarterfinal round, all of the matches were played using the Ring of Fire stipulation. In the semifinal round, all of the matches were submission matches that started at crowd meter one. And the finals match, as well as the third place match, were tables matches. The top four in this event were in fourth place, playing as the Devil's Reject GPS, Ken Fouché. In third place, playing as the Jerk of Cirque, Eddie Fury. The finalists were Michael Kerr, playing as Okada, and Bob Dunn, playing as White Lily. I presume it's the new version of White Lily. It does not say. But the winner, Bob Dunn. Congratulations to the current LFF World Heavyweight Champion for winning the Monday Night Consigliere Fights. That brings us to Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. There were 21 players in this event, three groups, five players each, one group of six, top two from each group advanced into the top cut. From what I understand, there was a list of stipulations, and I believe they chose the stipulations in the top cut randomly. It looks like, and it does not get specific, but in the first round of the top cut, there were four random stipulations chosen. Those were an exploding cage match, a submission match, a special guest referee match, and a ring of fire match. I'm not 100% sure on that. 
That's what it looks like to me from what I'm reading. In the semifinal match, the stipulations were Ring of Fire and a Nursery Rhyme, which is a new stipulation I'm not really familiar with. And the finals match appears to be Claim the Throne, with the third place match being a last competitor standing match. That's what I'm seeing. I hope I'm reading this to you correctly. The top four here were, in fourth place, as the Devils reject GPS, Ken Fouché using that back-to-back -back and making top four back-to-back -back this week. In third place, playing as EC3, Eddie Fury. Eddie Fury going back-to-back -back third place this week. The finalists were Candyman Dan playing as Candyman and the Grump Danny Thunder playing as Amber Nova with the winner, Candyman Dan as Candyman. Congratulations to him for winning Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. Friday and Saturday, there were two pop-up events, both run by the Cheetah. I don't have a bunch of information on this, but let me give you what I do have. For the Friday night pop-up event, I have the top three. The top three for Friday were, in third place, playing as Colin the Chrononaut, Matt Barone. In second place, playing as Zonda, and not just the competitor Zonda, one of the new Marauders of the Multiverse, but playing both her and the deck she comes with, basically what they would call an out-of-the-box Zonda. He takes that undefeated into the finals, but unfortunately does not win the finals. Instead, the winner, playing as the Master Chef LMP, the player of the era, John Polverino. Congratulations to John Polverino for winning the Friday night pop-up event. Now we have the Saturday night pop-up event. The top three here are, in third place, playing as Anastasia Morningstar, Lucky Cat Nico. In second place, playing as the Enforcer, the Judge Tim Riley. And the winner, going undefeated throughout the tournament, playing as new competitor Dr. Dick Thunderlips, the SRG BOSS Steve Resk. Congratulations to Steve Resk for winning the Saturday night pop-up event. This brings us to Sunday night fights. As I'm recording this, I have just finished watching Sunday night fights. There are a couple things I realized that I did not mention I'm going to mention now. First, Kirk Polka mentioned this at the end of Sunday night fights. Saturday, September 3rd, Louisville, Kentucky. Miso's Game Room and Collectibles. The Louisville players are going to be running demos and a tournament starting at noon. Again, September 3rd, Saturday, Miso's Game Room and Collectibles in Louisville, Kentucky. That's the first thing I'm going to mention. Second, I should have mentioned this during the show as well. They announced earlier today a Kickstarter taking place this year, so presumably between now, the end of August, and the end of December, a Kickstarter for the next three issues of the comic book, Super Show the Comic, 
They're calling these next three issues the opening act, the sideshow, and the main attraction. So the next three issues, issues three through five, are going to be part of the next SRG Universe Kickstarter starting sometime this year. Again, that's going to be, presuming when they say this year, they mean 2022, between now and December 31st, 2022. I'm sure we'll get more details as we get closer, but that campaign can launch anytime. I'm going to guess it's going to be at least a month before it launches, just to give them time to you know build up and advertise it. But the next comic book Kickstarter is coming soon. The last thing I want to bring up before we get into what happened on Sunday Night Fights. I did not mention when match two of the 2021 CCC round three will start. If the match follows the same schedule as the other match, it should go live after Talk of the Universe Wednesday night. So after Talk of the Universe, August 31st, around 10 p.m. Eastern, run three days, finish up Saturday, 10 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully there will be no delays like there were for match one, and it will start pretty close to on time. That's all I have before the Sunday night fights, which they decided to call the end of summer bash. Five matches on this episode of Sunday night fights. Almost three hours. They started a half hour early at 7.30 p.m. Normally they start at 8. Five matches. I'll start with the first match. The LFF Hardcore Championship on the line. The newly crowned champ winning at Gen Con. Loudmouth Leo Larynx faces his first challenger, Time Bomb Tim. Time Bomb Tim is playing as Wrench Monkey. Loudmouth Leo Larynx is champion with the perfect assistant. They square off in a tables match. From what I understand, the champion chose this stipulation. I was somewhat surprised because I knew that the next match scheduled was also a tables match. So surprised he went back-to-back tables matches, but he did. Loudmouth chooses tables match. The match ends up being relatively short, possibly the shortest of the night. It only goes to crowd meter zero. The winner of the match, new LFF hardcore champion, Time Bomb Tim. Time Bomb Tim becomes a new LFF Hardcore Champion. His next challenger is scheduled to be me. I am supposed to face Time Bomb Tim in a tables match using DJ Outlaw. On paper, the advantage is to Time Bomb Tim. We'll have to just see what happens. We'll have to see if this match even takes place. Again, I am still lifetime banned. I am doubtful this match will actually happen, but it could. And I will say, it looks like, just cursory look, haven't really done a deep dive. I think Time Bomb Tim has the advantage here, but we'll just have to see. The winner of Time Bomb Tim versus myself, Michael Kirk, if it happens, the winner will face the winner of Michael Kerr and Prince Butters. These two gentlemen are going to face off in a TLC match, and the winner 
will be the next challenger after the next you know, Time Bomb Tim match. Time Bomb Tim versus me, if it happens, the winner of that will face the winner of Michael Kerr versus Prince Butters. Of course, if the match doesn't happen, because again, the ban is still in effect, maybe Tim Creaser, Time Bomb Tim, will face the winner of Michael Kerr versus Prince Butters. We will have to see. But that was announced after the first match of End of Summer Bash. That brings us to match number two. The Online League Trios Finals. This is a longer match. We have Time Bomb Tim playing as the Firing Squad, taking on the Italian Mambata, playing as the Good, the Bad, and the Whiskey. This is a much longer match. It goes to Crowd Meter 2. The winner winning back-to-back Online League Trios Tournaments Finals, winning two seasons in a row. The Itad Mambata. Congratulations to him for that win. Congratulations to Time Bomb for his win. This brings us to another very long match. The Midwest Coast Championship. The Great Outdoors, the champion with Johnny Gargano, takes on BCW's own Bobby Ohio. Bobby Ohio playing as himself. The Great Outdoors playing as Johnny Gargano. Early on in this match, to me, all the momentum was on the side of the great outdoors. She was in the lead. Bobby Ohio manages to hang on. At crowd meter three, Bobby Ohio is trying to get his submission finish in play. The great outdoors has DDT. Bobby Ohio is able to play the combo of two-handed toss and two-handed slam, which gives plus one to his grapple which turns off the Great Outdoors DDT. She can't use it against him because they both have Grapple 10. He then hits a submission finish, rolls, I believe, a 13, and Bobby Ohio is the new Midwest Coast champion. I believe this is his at least second time as champion. He might even be a three-time champion. I have not been able to confirm that, but I feel like he's held the belt twice, and this will be... You know, championship number three. I could be wrong, though. But multiple-time Midwest Coast champion, Bobby Ohio. Congratulations to him. Fourth match of the night. They're calling this the co-main event. To me, the main event is the last match. But the fourth match of the night is for the LFF Tri-State Championship. This match is conducted under New York rules. No disqualification. Crowd meter starts at 1. Apparently they are allowing countouts now. That's a surprise to me, but they are allowing countouts. The champion, Thebes Pinckney, with Kenny Omega, takes on player of the era, John Polverino, press 1P, playing as the new version of Alien Invader. There is a bounty on the line here. If Thebes successfully defends, he will immediately receive a membership ring. That's the membership ring card, not the physical ring. This match did not go past crowd meter one. It feels also like it was relatively short. The winner getting a couple of well-timed agility rolls, triggering his gimmick. John Polverino, press 1P, becomes the new LFF Tri-State Champion. Congratulations to him.
Now we go into the main event. A two out of three falls match with the LFF Underworld Championship on the line. So far, not a single champion has defended. We will see if this holds true for this final match. Kirk Polka, the champion with Scarlet Graves, takes on Ant West, the challenger, using Luna Hallows. Again, two out of three falls. After each fall, the matches essentially start over like they're brand new matches. The winner of the first fall at crowd meter one, Ant West. Ant West gets off to the early lead. If not for the two out of three fall stipulation, he would be your new LFF Underworld Champion. Second match also goes to crowd meter one. This time the winner, Kirk Polka. So it goes to a third fall. Kirk Polka, Ant West, one fall to determine the championship. This one does not go as long as the other two. At crowd meter zero, the winner, still champion, Kirk Polka. Kirk Polka, the only champion to come into Sunday Night Fights and walk out still champion. Congratulations to him. And with that, that is going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. As far as online tournaments coming up next week, there's currently nothing listed on superstarthegame.com, but look for something to happen Monday night, something to happen Thursday night. I don't know about pop-ups with two conventions going on this weekend for Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Dojo Tuesday night, more than likely. Outside of all of that, I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.